And then I missed the drug test. I went the whole year thinking I was going to work at ADP, and I found out that I actually missed the date for the drug test. I missed the deadline. So they rescinded the offer. So upon graduation, I had no job offer. Hey, what's up, everyone? We're at a content house in Tampa, Florida. I'm joined by Vin Matano, President's Club winner, account executive at Demandbase. We have one microphone working, so I'm going to ask him rapid-fire questions to answer everything you want to know about getting a tech sales job, succeeding in tech sales, creating content outside of the office. So, Vin, let's start with, in 2023, what did you do in order to qualify for President's Club? I hit 160% of my number this year, close to like $1.2 in revenue. How did you do it? Well, you know what? I actually closed less deals this year, but they were at a higher value. So I closed like four six-figure deals, annual ARR, which was like definitely an improvement from what I had from last year. Um, so really like driving value to specific organizations, creating more of a, um, uh, creating more of a product-specific offering. That way there's more things they have to purchase. And also being personalized throughout your entire sales process, not just, the, not just in prospecting. When you're running demos, making sure you're pulling things from a 10K, making sure you're pulling things from the prospect's LinkedIn profile, really grabbing their attention throughout the entire process. Many sales development and business development reps watch this channel who aspire to become great account executives one day. What can current SDR BDRs do to further develop their sales skills so that they can come in and crush the ground running as a new account executive? I would try to get as much experience on calls. So if you're paired with an AE, I would ask to sit on every single call from an AE. See one deal from discovery to close, and just sit on the calls, offer to take notes, provide value to your AE. For, for, for accounts that are unqualified, meaning your AE would not take them, they're unqualified, ask to take them. Even if it goes absolutely nowhere, it's good to get those reps out. And then the last thing would be to grab time with your manager or your future manager and do like mock pitches and mock demos with them. The more experience you can get demoing the product, going on calls, the better. I would not worry about closing experience at all. I think that, that comes with the reps. Uh, the, the main thing you need to learn is actually how to manage calls. As you think back to your success in 2023 qualifying for President's Club, I'm sure your annual revenue target is going to increase in 2024, more responsibility. What do you plan to do in 2024 to replicate and build on your success to continue expanding in your career? I plan to do less sales calls. So last year, I had a really, really big territory where like, I had a lot of BS in my pipeline, and it was very distracting from the big opportunities. So my goal this year is to have a smaller pipeline, or I should say less accounts in my pipeline, but bigger opportunities. Um, and, and for me, if I can just work like, you know, eight deals that are really, really big, could probably hit my number. And, and that's not a lot of deals at all, at least at my company. So I want to focus on less deals, higher value. What you're describing leads me to think about the job application strategy of mass auto-applying, using LinkedIn to quick reply or just reply on a website um, to the job and then do it 100 times versus identifying a tight list of five to 10 companies and opportunities you really want to work for. Can you rewind us back to how you got hired in your first tech sales position and what you would recommend someone can do today in 2024 to stand out to get hired into their dream job? Getting hired, I think what was important for me was like really studying the product and also studying the people that were interviewing me. So I remember like the guy, one of the guys interviewing me, he, he had like one rookie of the year years ago and I brought that up. And I, my question was, hey, I saw on your LinkedIn, you won rookie of the year years ago. 
Um, what went into winning that? And that just shows extra research. As a salesperson, being able to research is very important. And then not only just researching, but tying in the research into your sales process. So showing, showcasing that skill on in an interview could really, really help you out. My advice would be to do that, obviously. But to stand out after applying is reaching out to team members, the manager, and the hiring manager, sending them personalized videos, introducing yourself. That will help you stick out and at least ace the interview, or at least get the interview, I should say. What was your personal story breaking into tech sales? My personal story breaking the tech sales was I actually got a job offer in the beginning of my senior year at ADP mm. selling on the road in my car to like garages and things like that, payroll. And I thought it was a good opportunity because I always heard good things about ADP, not knowing what the actual job was. And then I missed the drug test. I went the whole year thinking I was going to work at ADP and I found out that I actually missed the date for the drug test. I missed the deadline. So they rescinded the offer. Oh. So upon graduation, I had no job offer. And I had to start from scratch. I did the whole senior year with my hands up, with my head. It's like, oh, I got a job offer. I'm chilling. <laughs> and then May, June comes around. They take my offer away. So now I'm at square one. I'm like, what the hell do I do? Um, I started interviewing at some startups. And I thought that was a really cool opportunity to like learn about tech. And um, I, li I like the sales process. And then I got introduced to demand base. And that was a really great fit because I do love marketing. So I can sell to marketers. I can be a marketer, but also close business. Um, and it was just a really, really solid fit. I wasn't interviewing that much. Um, maybe I was interviewing 10 different companies. Some, even if they would take an interview, I would take an interview just to get reps. And I knew I, it wouldn't be a good fit, but I would just get the reps out. And then the, that would help me with the really big ones that I really, really wanted. You speak a lot about networking in a way to get a job, and that's something we're doing out here in Tampa at this Tech Sales Creator House event. It's how we met originally and, and linked up in Dallas and, and basically through LinkedIn and the internet. Now that you're a bit more established, tens of thousands of followers across multiple platforms, can you talk about the importance of networking and or positioning your personal brand outside of the workplace to then influence your work inside the workplace, but also your personal life? Creating, creating a brand or an audience is like extremely important because it creates this magnet that attracts like-minded people to you. And it weeds out the ones that you're not aligned to. The b biggest piece of advice I would give to someone that is looking to network and meet new people is don't wait for the plans. Be the plans. Don't wait for the friends. Be the friend. So what does that mean? Maybe you have no plans one night. You're sitting home. You're like, damn, I wish someone would have invited me out. Now you have no plans. You're sitting home. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you're waiting for something, right? If you were that person that actually initiated the plans, you, you hit the friend up to go out. You actually put together an event. Like for me, I wanted to create networking events for people in tech centered around fitness. I did that. I put that together and I got to meet a lot of really cool people doing it. So don't wait for the plans to happen. Don't wait for other people to set them up. You, be, you initiate it and you set the plans up. You invite people out, you be the friend. What are your content aspirations in 2024? Uh, grow on YouTube, venture outside of this tech, tech sales niche, although I obviously love it and that's my day-to-day -day job. Be more of a lifestyle creator, work with more D2C brands as well as the B2B brands as well, um, and really grow outside of that tech sales niche. As you think about closing the loop on the tech sales niche, what have you observed in the market and, and how is tech sales changing from 2023 to 2024 in your opinion? Budgets are a lot tighter. You're going to have to get approval from finance, from CEOs. And so you really need to practice on driving value and creating a business case. In the past, you could get a deal signed without even talking to the executive team. And you, that's, those days are kind of gone. So longer sales cycles you could expect. You can expect more approvals. 
Um, and you're going to have to come prepared with an actual case for why your solution is going to help them help their top line. Outside of the workplace career, what are some of your other broader lifestyle goals currently? Lifestyle goals, like for me, I just want to do like cool shit. Like I want to look back on my life when I'm like 80, 90 years old and be like, I live the awesome life. So that includes adventures, that includes travel, that includes challenges. So, you know, I, I'm signed, I've ran a marathon before, but I signed up for the Chicago Marathon. That's a new experience for me. Um, just got back from Columbia, so traveling internationally. Just doing cool shit like this at the content creator house, saying yes to opportunities like this. This is something that's very unique and I could easily have said no. And um, But this is a really cool opportunity and something that I'll look back on and think, wow, like, you know, I, that was cool that I did that. What memory, looking back upon your Columbia trip, excites you the most? <laughs> uh, honestly, just seeing how other people live, seeing a new place, and getting like introduced to their culture is always super fun. And you learn a lot about how different people think and act. And what you find out is like everyone's like really, really similar around the world. They all think the same. They all have similar, similar goals in life. They all just want to like be happy. To close the interview up here, someone that's listening right now may be looking to transform their life and get a new job. Someone may be in the first 12 to 24 months of their new job and looking to take their income to the next level. Someone may be a bit more tenured in their career and is looking to expand their income streams and create content like what we're doing. What advice would you give to that person out there that's listening, that's looking for that extra bit of insight, motivation, Although I, I would say what comes internally is probably more important than anything we say, but what, what, pe what insight would you share with them as someone who's accomplished all three of those things to transform their life and how they want to see it? Well, you want to be relatable, right? And so I, when I first started making content, I thought the idea was to create a, stay in a niche. And that does help you grow, but there's a ceiling to all niches. You, there's a certain point where you just you can't grow. And there's a creator, I think his name is Dan Coe, I hope I'm saying his name right because I want to give him credit. He talks about being nicheless. And I thought that's a really interesting idea. And I think when you get started, it's very easy to pick a niche because that's what everyone tells you. And it does help with your initial growth. But once you get to that next phase of growth, it's extremely difficult to break that. And I'm in that spot right now. I'm hitting like a lot of plateaus in my content. But if you're nicheless, the opportunities are limitless. And you actually become the niche. Trent Dressel, you are the niche. Your niche would be you have a former background in tech sales, you're a content creator, you work in the pharmaceutical business. That is your niche. You love half marathons, you live in Austin. You create all these different points now for people to connect with you. Instead of just saying, I'm Trent, I'm in tech sales. Because someone in tech sales now, if they're not in tech sales, they won't like your content. So this whole idea of like being nicheless, I think is very important, but at the same time, making sure you're dropping in all of your interests throughout your, your content. And just sharing your experiences in life is the easiest way to do that. To my defense, I'm signed up for the full marathon Austin in February, so I want you to remember me as a marathon guy, not a half marathon guy, but I still love it. I still love the running. Well, Vin, I think this was an action-packed interview filled with so much value. We would love to hear your guys' comments down below, feedback, and if you have questions for Vin, Vin is open to connecting with you and responding to all your messages or whatever you want to share with them. We'll include a link to his LinkedIn down below, so make sure to let us know what you thought of the interview, and have a great rest of your day. And follow your boy on YouTube. He's trying to, I'm trying to get the Trent, Trent Dressel levels. I'm trying to get the Trent Dressel levels. Hit me up on YouTube, Vin Matano. A lot of vlog, lifestyle content. Sprinkled in some tech sales tips. Again, being nicheless, check it out. I actually watch his videos. They're really good. They're really entertaining. Go check them out. He might be the tallest man on this boat.
rumor has it, if you look Trent in the eyes, you'll turn to stone. Or you'll instantly close your deal. Yeah, the other one. Or I'll take the pipeline from you. <laughs> this is my boat. I dock it up here sometimes just for show. Is it a 60-foot yacht? 60 foot's way too small for me. I'm a, I'm a little congested on a 60-foot yacht. It needs to be at least 128 feet with girth throughout the middle of the boat just in case I hit rough seas up north. Sometimes we go to Antarctica. Is this your second boat? Yeah, the Starship number two. I put a two on it just to indicate second boat. Right. 